Samadhi Rush, a Sunrose Yoga production. Reveal and remember your sacred nature through the practice of yoga. The mission of this podcast is to share the teachings of yoga in an accessible way and to hold space for meaningful discussion. To learn more, please visit sunroseyoga.com. The podcast is made possible by the generous donations of students. If you practice with us here, please consider making a one-time or recurring donation at sunroseyoga.com. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Welcome. It's Kelly, and this is episode 141 of Samadhi Rush. This is a really special class recorded live at Self Love Fridays from last week. Our special guest is Johanna Beekman, musician from here in Portland. And the class focuses on kirtan and mantra the devotional singing and repetition of sacred sounds. We begin with a little talk about Johanna's journey into this kind of practice. And then we do some breath work to prepare for singing. We move the body in a way that connects us to the core required for making sound. And then after Shavasana, we sing uh, three jams. It's really fun. I'm so glad that you're here. I'll have links to all the places you can find Johanna in the show notes over at sunroseyoga.com. Thank you, my darlings. Love. So all through this, this time together, our gatherings on Friday morning, we've been talking about different... Um, rituals of joy, different practices that we can undertake to care for ourselves and to create a feeling of resonance, a feeling of being cared for. Um, And what we'll undertake today is making some sound with Johanna and we'll be singing. And just like I, I just talked about that tension you know, between, you know, the one side of the brain thinking we need to get things done and then the other, the, the intuitive body, embodied knowledge of what is, is care, um, what care is required. This comes up also when we make sounds. Um, there's this tension because uh, making sound puts us in a place of vulnerability. It requires bravery. It requires us to relinquish a little bit of control. Um, like in the same, we talked about this, all of us together at certain times, like with, when we bring the harmonium to class, we, we get to see this sort of illustrated in an inanimate object. Like sometimes, like with my harmonium um, and others that I've played, you know, at some point, sometimes they just decide, like, oh, no, I'm going to be quiet now. 
even though you're pumping at the same rate, the same pace, with the same force, I'm gonna be a little bit more quiet. And, and it's just information. And with us too, like sometimes we feel like we take those huge breaths and like our voice comes out like a little whisper. And we have to sort of get over the, the part of our brain that, that has answers and needs things to be a certain way. Um, if we get into that space of curiosity and objectivity and experimentation, then it becomes this like beautiful practice of, of care. Like we can feel what the vibrations do in the body, both from within and from without. So that's, that's why I wanted my friend Johanna to come. And she's beautiful and she's an amazing musician. So we'll have all these beautiful sounds with us. Would you like to say anything just as we begin? that all of the things that she just described are very much present in Kirtan music. That there's this, like with the tambora, have you ever heard a tambora drone? It's, uh, it's an instrument that's often used underneath the, the Kirtan music and it's got uh, some notes that are slightly dissonant and it kind of creates this ease yes, yet disease within your nervous system. And so we're gonna kind of explore that those feelings that go along with it. And uh, I can just demonstrate really quickly what, what that kind of cosmic dissonance that might vibrate in your body uh, would be. So it's, we're at a nice C, and then the drone comes in with Um, we've talked about this, but part of your healing process from your car accident, your, your bike accident, was with singing. Doing sound. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, so mantra is a most powerful healing uh, vehicle, I would say, um, as we're talking about an accident. <laughs> History, like wrong, if you just repeat that one word, wrong, wrong, wrong. It supposedly not only uh, clears this lifetime, but all of the lifetimes before you, where you may be carrying this um, this heaviness or a burden, you know, and um, and you may have taken it into this life. And so, after this accident, I started a little healing chant circle. I had been into kirtan before that, and I'd been attracted to it, but 
when I could not use my body for physical asana, my doctor said do not do yoga. Uh, for It was about six or nine months that I couldn't do a physical asana practice. And I really dove into the chanting practice, into um, the breath, and letting that be my guide back to... Uh, and sometimes I couldn't even sit up. You know, they say sit with your spine straight up when you're doing kirtan and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. That was not my experience of it. I would lay down and have this healing chant circle with other yoga teachers who chanted and people from the community and just absorbed. And I had a bulging disc and cervical spine, so singing was actually painful for me, but I would just do it very lightly. And I've always been a very strong singer. And it was the most profound um, healing of both my mind, my body, and my soul. It was all, everything became integrated um, in a way that it really at a workshop when I was 17 to this kirtan stuff. I wasn't quite ready to pick it up um, until I had something in my life that really said, hey, now this is all you have. Um, so I have so much gratitude for that, for that one experience that brought me into what could have been darkness, but it was supreme light of being, and the sound created this um, kind of a safety net almost. Mm. shedding skin of lifetimes mm -hmm. and um, so that you can be present in this moment. So when we talk about yoga, there are so many aspects. It's not just the physical asana. This chanting practice is a huge, uh, the bhakti tradition of yoga um, is such a huge other element that we could get. I'm not sure how much mm -hmm. you've talked about yoga, but um, it's a very powerful vehicle for change. Mm -hmm. And, if and not just oh, transformation. Sorry. I mean, right. I don't want to, I mean, I just said a couple of transformative deities, but there's Ganesha with his big Buddha belly, and he's, well, he's also clearing obstacles. Mm -hmm. Hmm, mm -hmm. now that I think about it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. This is Ganesha here, yeah. And the way that we've uh, talked about it, like in my tradition of Tantra, um, when we sing to the archetypes, to these, these deities, we're singing to that aspect of ourselves. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. um, and they all have qualities that we can relate to. Um, mm. And I, when you were talking about the safety net, I was even thinking about um, um, the, the Sanskrit, the, the, the word mantra means mind protection. So if you're in that space of like racing mind, like a mantra can kind of protect you from your swirling thoughts. Mm -hmm. So the way that I thought today sort of would go is we will begin with a couple of breaths um, to get us used to feeling the breath, noticing sensation of the breath, 
and also to get ourselves in that space of bravery of making sound. We did a little bit of that. And then maybe we'll sing an om or something like om. And then we'll move the body as we do in an ease saturated way. And then we'll sing some more after we rest. How's that sound? And I'm so glad that you mentioned that as part of your practice, like you were supine, you were lying on the ground mm -hmm. as you practiced because both of these ladies know that whenever we, we hang out in class and, we, and I teach pranayama or meditation, like we always just find our way into this seat that makes sense where we, have, we are at ease from the hip bones to the, to the earlobes really. And so we'll find our way into a shape like that now, wherever feels easy. And it can be lying down or sitting in whatever shape. Invite the body to yield to the gravity that's already happening. that place where you've sort of relaxed or softened into the support that you're already receiving, we'll begin to relax into this memory of the natural length of the spine, the elegant length of the spine. And as you remember that length, you might feel yourself sitting up taller without strain, without aggression without force. And let's let the backs of the hands rest either on the legs or at your sides if you're lying on your back. And we'll practice the mula mudra, the root mudra, the root, root seal, where we bring the thumb into contact with the ring finger be the inner edge, the outer edge, the center, wherever it feels easy and natural and like the right place. And once the contact is made, invite the hands to become soft, almost like liquid. This is a stabilizing grounding seal. Tethering us to the earth. And begin to bring your awareness to the breath, the flow of the breath. For the next couple of breaths, we'll practice breathing in through the nose and breathing out, making a hissing sound, like a s Feeling free to experiment with the shape of the mouth, 
the pitch and the sound, the volume, noticing what you feel in the body. Invite the breath to just resume its natural sound and shape and rhythm. Noticing what sensations remain. And for the next couple of breaths, we'll breathe in through the nose and we'll exhale, making sort of a buzzing sound, like a time taking a couple of just normal easy breaths and noticing what you feel in the body. And this next time we'll make the We'll breathe in through the nose and we'll breathe out making a humming sound and the hum can either be an M or an N, like an NG sound, whatever feels the most natural or interesting in the moment.
natural breath. Noticing what you feel in the body. As we om, the work is to be guided by this same principle of just trying things out and becoming aware of where and how you feel the sounds in the body. And there's no righter way to do it than how you are. And so we'll take a full cycle of breath together before we begin and then we'll sing three ohms. So breath in and let it go. And a breath in. sake of experimentation let's can we try three ohms with accompaniment and see how it feels different all the same rules apply <laughs> so we'll take a breath in
place the mudra on the hand. Resume that sort of soft, liquid-like quality, looseness in the hand. And maybe slowly open the eyes, noticing how sight returns. as we move the body, as we you know, open the body a bit, you know, the same guidelines will guide us. You know, the spirit of curiosity, experimentation, and you know, a willingness to try something that might not work. Before we, we lie down um, to move our bodies, does anybody have any news to report from that experiment? So let's come down onto the floor and we'll do some, some work for our instrument. You know, like the, the, I guess one calls this the torso. I was, is it, does trunk refer to this? Yeah. Or legs? Okay. Oh, yeah. Trunk. I, for a second I was like, I don't know if I just made that up or if it's <laughs> actually a term. Um, yeah, so we'll come down onto the floor, onto our backs. And we'll start a shape of constructive rest. You probably all know pretty well. <laughs> and the idea is that the heels are close enough to the booty so that you don't feel like you're straining really to, to hold things upright. And the heels are about as wide as the sitting bones and the knees are stacked over the ankles. Start, we'll turn the palms of the hands to face the sky. And just for a couple of breaths, we'll breathe in and press the feet into the floor and press the small of the back into the floor. And we'll breathe out and come back to neutral. And we'll do that a couple of times, breathing in, pressing the small of the back into the floor. And breathing out. Noticing what it feels like you know, to have the spine supported by the earth, the length of the spine. And noticing, too, what engagements, what contractions or actions that are happening in the body are interesting to you. What captures your attention? will remain in this shape for a couple of breaths, and we'll just sort of study that. Like, what's, 
letting the shoulders settle into the earth. And we'll invite the knees into the chest again. And we'll extend the legs toward the sky on an exhalation, either together or one at a time. And again, there's some room for experimentation. The space between the knees, the degree to which the knees are bent, level of engagement in the feet. And so we're, we're constantly sort of locating or modulating that balance of effort and ease. The inhalation, think about how much the inhalation needs the exhalation, or the exhalation needs the inhalation. Ease requires effort as much as effort Um, 
feel the back of the head away from the floor, gazing down at the toes. And as you breathe in, we'll release the head back down to the earth. And as you breathe out, we'll relax the hug. And with the next breath out, we'll relax the hug completely. So you might let that leg join the left leg, extend it out on the mat, or if it feels more natural, you might hug the left knee to the chest. And just notice what you feel between the right side and the left side of the body. And in time, again, we'll use a breath in to bend the knees, sort of dragging the heels toward the back side. Drawing the knees in toward the chest, and then organizing that hug around the left knee, just really casual, totally casual. And on an exhalation, we'll extend the right leg toward the sky. And we'll take in a breath here, and keeping that pelvis stable, the gaze of the tailbone fixed, we'll start to lower the right leg down toward the floor on a breath out. what you feel between the right and the left side of the body. And in time, we'll roll over onto the belly, supporting the body in whatever way feels right. We might need a blanket, something else. And and to start, we'll just do this release for the psoas. So for some of us, it feels okay to stack the hands and rest the chin on the hands. And for some of us, it just feels better to 
have one cheek resting on the floor and the arms droop. On a breath in, we'll start to draw the heels towards the booty. It's nice and easy, letting the heels just be heavy. And as you take another breath in, we'll press the pelvis into the floor. And as you breathe out, we'll relax the letting the work be with modulating or turning down the effort by about 5% each time. So just a less and less engagement. Less and less movement. Find your way there.
soften. sensation. Sometimes this winds up feeling like we're breathing with the skin or listening with the skin. of the body where we grip all the time without direction. And if you encounter those, like remember that that's normal. And when you find them, there's this golden opportunity to you know, sort of invite them into a more spacious place. sort of deepen the breath, noticing how much the body moves as you breathe. Maybe intentionally inviting some movement back to the heels. of a seat. 
time and really like letting it happen as an unfolding naturally almost inevitably I feel like we did some good work for this part of the body that will really help us make sound. What do you think? you could do 108 of a mantra or of just a word like Ram, Ram, Ram and go all the way around to 108 and then maybe you go again but as a way of clearing the mind and, and kind of hitting ground a little and like I was saying clearing space for yourself um, and it has two parts the Ra and then the Om and uh, and the Ra is the third chakra, right here. And the Om is your right around. So as we're chanting this, maybe become aware of those spaces mm -hmm. in the body. Um, so those are the two sounds, Ra and Om.
together
energetic shift that happens a lot of times when you make some songs and that's kind of what I was referring to is like this kind of cosmic dissonance and also like this um, basically it's the only thing that actually engages your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system um, at the same time you were asking you were saying you had a little bit more curiosity about it so that kind of dissonance uh, kind of gets you agitated at the same time as you're completely relaxed um, so we started that off very meditative, very calm, very trancey, and then we moved into this ecstatic state that's kind of exciting, but there's still this kind of calm undercurrent that happens when you're trancing. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you felt that kind of the vibration in the room and how it shifted as that song became more vibrant. <laughs> it also felt like there were like 25 people in here. together uh, that's how we kind of we had already connected but it, we became closer during that and it was the anatomy of self-love and here we are doing a self-love mm. workshop full circle mm, that's <laughs> true. Um, and Kira gave us an assignment at the end of this beautiful week immersion it was a week or three or four days it felt like a week it was amazing um, to write or to, to do something for ourselves or write something to a part of ourselves mm -hmm. um, and she said like a poem visual arts a song you know anything that you're called to do um, and so I went home and I wrote this song um, to my childhood self actually from my childhood self to the part of me that forgets sometimes why I was brought into this world you know we all come in with a purpose and this kind of innocence and this light She asked, 
ever forget why you came here, you know? And he said, I forget every day. But then I get to remember. I can remember and it's so sweet. It's even sweeter. So that's what I like to think of when I sing this song. So the words to the chant are Pavan, 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 Pavan. Maybe I should repeat this. It's not Krishna's out in the in the dirt, eating the dirt, and his mom, uh, baby, baby Krishna, Gopala, um, Govinda, uh, is eating dirt, and his mom comes out. It's a whole different story, but it's not actually his mom. He, uh, anyway, his mom comes out, <laughs> and she's like, uh, Govinda, why are you eating the dirt? Stop eating the dirt. Let me see your mouth. And she opens his mouth, and she sees the whole universe inside of her child, like the whole universe inside to see how powerful your child can be, you know? So she's like, oh, just close your mouth. <laughs> so that's what I think of with that lie at the end. <laughs> you are the sun. You are the
How come you did this? I feel a bit better for being here. So I want to give you a fun assignment. If you if like sometime this week, try to make some sound. Even if it's just in the shower where we feel so safe with all our dogs. I I know um, that these particular melodies and and sounds that we've made, um, they have a way of hanging out. Like Una, my daughter Una sings Omkare oh. all the time. Oh. Like just from one time. I like, didn't uh, put that on the CD. <laughs> one time, which well, we we can play it at home. But like I know that one has a way of like really, it's very mm, primal sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then report back. And that's the thing with this practice, you know, there's no excuse not to because <laughs> you can go for, you know, two minutes and it changes something, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, it doesn't have to be, oh my gosh, I have to practice. Oh, I have to have an hour and a half. Oh, I have to do it 108 times. You know, there's so many things that our minds can say about, you know, yoga practice, you know, chanting. There's so many things that the mind can tell us. There's this reason not to. But if it's just wrong, 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 you're driving, you know, it's three repetitions. That took me 0.5 seconds, you know? Um, and it's so powerful just to dive in. I think it's the slowest thing. So I encourage you to do that. Thank you for sharing the beautiful voices. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm. Namaste. Namaste.